The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Good Morning New York. I hope everybody is well today for a Monday morning. Did you all have a great weekend? I did. Um... We have a nice talk. We have a great show today. We're going to talk about um, our conversation is going to really center on staging and designing apartments in New York. Did you know that staged homes sell on an average 50% faster than non-staged homes? Remember, staging is not the same as interior design. We have our star broker panel here, and we will get their opinion, of course. Also, very excited, our featured guest today is Kathy Hobbs. Kathy is a five-time Emmy Award-winning television personality and founder and creator of Kathy Hobbs Design Recipes. She was a finalist on season six uh, of HGTV's hit reality series Design Star. She is currently hosting Design Recipes on the PIX Morning News, which airs the last Thursday of every month at 8.45 a.m. We have a lot to talk to Kathy about. Remember, this show is very interactive, so please call in with your questions at 866-472-5788. Or you can email me at vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com, or you can tweet me at Vince Rocco. So, you know, oftentimes sellers cannot view their apartments objectively, and therefore they will not make an impression, a good impression, on the marketplace. If a home doesn't show well, it probably won't sell. Buyers will walk away. The basic goal is to make the apartment move-in ready and remove all buyer objections. Buying and selling real estate in New York is always an emotional roller coaster, but in order to create success, buyers and sellers have to understand the basics. Let's bring in our panel, what I call Feet on the Street. Joining me today is Parul Brombat. She is a very seasoned agent for Core Group Real Estate and has for many years uh, luxury experience. She's a member of the Million Dollar Circle for her firm, and she is well-versed in the sale of condos and co-ops and townhouses. Deborah Hoffman works for Town Residential and is a 15-year veteran of the industry, known for her loyalty and her honest and ethical approach to all of her clients. She focuses her business on the Upper East Side and the Upper West Side. And Niall Lundgren, he's president of his own company, Dalian Realty. He founded and launched the firm in late 2012. It is a boutique residential brokerage firm located in New York's Flatiron District, and he focuses and his team on luxury sales and investments. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. So let me, Deborah. Let me start with you. Um, why why do we need to stage apartments that are empty before we put them on the market as brokers? What is the value there? Well, the value is mostly that people have to be able to imagine themselves there. I actually sell a lot of estate apartments, and for those people who don't know what an estate apartment is, it's usually an apartment uh, where someone had died, not necessarily there, but someone who had lived there for many years and it's tired looking or it has old fixtures or something like that. 
And usually the heirs of an estate are not going to put in a new kitchen, put in a new bedroom or a new bathroom. They really have to make it appealing to people coming in. So what I tell people to do is put on a fresh coat of paint, wash the windows, which is very important, maybe change the knobs on the handles in in the kitchen. So people could come in and figure out how to make it their own. Now, so you're basically saying when you walk into a, a, an estate apartment, uh, an apartment that's older, that's been around for, for a very long time, so you, you're more decluttering, uh, refreshing. What about empty apartments, though? When you walk into an apartment that a seller's already moved out for whatever reason and it's completely empty? If it's completely empty, there's really two schools of thought there. One, it's very important to stage if you really feel that people cannot imagine themselves living there. It's important to bring in furniture, to bring in some accessories, especially if the apartment doesn't have a great view or it's a little oddly shaped. Sometimes it's better to leave an empty apartment, especially if it's brand new, because people really want to make their own mark on it. I agree, but what about the old adage that, you know, empty apartments tend to show smaller? Yeah, it's true, they do. They do. But unfortunately, many sellers just don't want to spend the money on staging, even if you show them statistics at how much more they will get in a real resale price. Many people just cannot wrap their heads around it. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in a minute, but, and I'm also waiting for our other two um, brokers to uh, call in. But, you know, I've always run into situations where, well, let me put it this way. You know, 50% of the time I have an easy time with sellers and discussing the need to stage. And then the other 50% is always a, a tug of war. As you said, a lot of sellers don't necessarily want to put the money into it. You know, we we can certainly understand what the benefit of staging is. You know, places show better. Uh, they look more homey and lived in. What is, you know, when you when you get a situation where the seller doesn't want to stage and you're on the marketplace with an empty home, what is the reaction you get when people walk in? Uh, they talk about how much it echoes. They talk <laughs> about, well, I can't figure out if my sofa will fit against this wall. Right. You know, those are, those are basic things, but I think what's a, a little more important because I think it's a lot more in the marketplace right now because we have a very strong market right. is people who have lived in their houses for a long time and have so many possessions and so much stuff. And I think it's very important to declutter and people don't think that they have, they live with clutter. I'm sure you and I do and we don't realize it. Yeah, but you know, uh, decluttering is a, is a, is a hot button with me, probably even more so than staging. Um, mm-hmm. I, I get concerned when I walk into a place and there's just so much stuff all over the place because, you know, I walk around the city, you know, showing apartments as all of you do and, you know, places sh- sell better rather when they show better. So it's a difficult conversation oftentimes to have with sellers to ask them to, you know, kindly remove, uh, stuff or clutter and put it in storage. Do you get objections from people when you remind them that they need to do this or ask them to do this? I do, but I figured out something a few months ago that has been working very well. I take the seller outside their front door. We close the door. Mm-hmm. We take a few deep breaths, close our eyes, count to 10, and then we open the door. And I say, what is the first thing your eye goes to? And it's usually some kind of clutter. It might even be a stack of 30 years of National Geographic's. 
Right. But then I say to them, are those National Geographics worth $200,000? Because that's how much you're losing by having that there. And many times their eyes just light up and say, I never thought of it that way. Right. And they do. And I also say that, for instance, I had a seller a while ago who is a collector of all kinds of porcelain things. So we talked about how much he loved these things. And I said, you're moving anyway. Wrap them up gently. Say, <laughs> tell them you're going to sleep for a while. And you have to pack them to move anyway. If you pack them slowly while you're leaving, then not only will it declutter your apartment, but you know they're ready to go without the hurried packing that you'll have to do. And most people are okay with that. But they don't well, good morning. Everything. Good morning, Niall. Hey, Vince. How are you? I'm good, thank you. What do you tell a seller when they say or think that their apartment shows just fine the way it is, and you know in, in your mind it needs you know some work before you can put it on the market to sell? Yeah, I mean, I, I actually just experienced that. I have um, I had a listing, and it's been on the market for about two days now, and yesterday was my first open house. Um, when I first got there, the seller, I mean, literally, it, it's an escape, and it was it was a wreck. And I came in, and I said, look, I could sell this apartment for you, but you got to get all the all the junk out of here. You know, there was beds, and I mean, I, I can't even tell you, the person who had uh, had the, the apartment had probably lived there for 60 years. So I okay, said, man. look, we have to get everything out, because that's the only way I'm going to be able to sell it. If there's a bunch of stuff in here, then I'm going to sell it. I might sell it, but it will be at a much lower price point. In order for me to get you the highest number possible, I need you to get all of this junk out of here so that we can get um, everyone in so that it's at least a blank canvas. Um, and I think you've got to consider the market, too. I, uh, you know, if, if it's a very, like the market that we're in now, I didn't think that we had to go too crazy with maybe painting the walls or doing much more than that. It was just a matter of getting all of the stuff out so that it's, it's a blank canvas. And obviously the walls and the floors weren't perfect, but it, it still worked to our advantage. Yesterday at our open house, we had, you know, about, 50 people show up and they're like, yeah, it's not in the best condition, but does it really matter if there's, if the, all the junk is gone, does it really matter? Because, you know, uh, we already have multiple offers on the unit. Wow. Well, I mean, you know, that, that's fantastic. And obviously a staged or decluttered home, you know, shows well in photographs. So to your point, you know, when you clean up these apartments or when you get them, you know, show ready and the photographs um, on the internet, you know, look good. Does that help you with traffic through your open houses? Yeah, I think especially with pictures, um, you know, getting, getting the apartment to where it needs to go with pictures beforehand and then marketing it effectively, that certainly helps out your open house. In this case, because it's an estate, um, I, I actually opted not to use pictures and just, just put up a floor plan, and that got enough interest to get people through the door. So it depends on whether – obviously, this is an estate, which is a little bit different than you know, um, selling an apartment that is, and is furnished where you're dealing with a seller who actually lives in the apartment. So, I mean, it, it really depends on, on the type of apartment that you're selling and I think also the type of market that you're in. And what about floor plans? I mean, you know, uh, along with pictures and photographs on the Internet, floor plans obviously make uh, a difference. I include, you know, floor plans in, in my staging conversations because I think in order to present an apartment completely, you have to get a good sense of what it looks like when you're out there searching the databases for apartments. How do floor plans help 
with the overall uh, look and feel of your buyers as they come through uh, either private showings or during open house? I, I think floor plans are, are very important, especially if you're, if you're thinking about exposures. Um, a, a lot of times, you know, light and air plays a lot into, um, you know, how people make, make buying decisions. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's really important. And then depending on, you know, um, who your, the profile of your buyer is, for example, if they're an architect or a contractor, you know, having them have visibility into a floor plan and then understanding um, if there's certain walls that can be knocked down in terms of reconfiguration of the layout um, is very is very attractive to a certain type of buyer. So, you know, again, I, I completely agree with you. This, I, I definitely have um, floor plans for, for almost every one of my listings, and it makes makes a lot of sense. Deborah, you know, what are some of the, the biggest mistakes, I guess, people make when they're designing um, and staging their apartments, I guess, prior to, you know, what we as experts come in and tell them? I mean, what do they try to do on their own that really doesn't work? Well, usually they put way too much color in. Mm-hmm. You know, someone, someone told them at one time to uh, a little bit of color will make something pop. So they'll paint the walls very bright colors saying, oh, well, it attracts attention which doesn't necessarily work. Many times we have to tell them, well, we really need a quieter color or something. Or they will put out a lot of family photographs saying, we raised our children here. Other people are going to want to do that. Look what a great family we have. But it's distracting to what people really want to see in the apartment. You can't see the apartment when you're looking at everyone's photos. Correct. Depersonalizing. We'll talk about that after the break, but that's a very important um, situation. We're going to go to break in a few. Uh, When we come back, though, I want to talk about some of the tricks that we can um, utilize to make apartments look larger. Uh, Depersonalizing, editing your kitchen, you know, uh, cleaning things like you haven't cleaned in years, because all of these things make uh, a big difference when you're uh, listing an apartment. So we will come back in a few minutes. But first, you're listening to Good Morning New York on the um, Variety Channel at Voice America. Don't go away. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Put Blue Realty Group to work for you. Blue Realty Group is a full-service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan. With our global reach, unrivaled marketing capabilities, and veteran team, Blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high-profile buyers and sellers. Visit us today at BlueRealtyGroup.com. At Blue Realty Group, we feel that people matter and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready now. Visit BlueRealtyGroup.com. That's B-L-U-RealtyGroup.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. 
Emotional intelligence has been documented to be the most important skill for a leader to move up in an organization. Leaders Playbook will unpack what emotional intelligence is, why it is important, and how you can raise your emotional intelligence for yourself, your direct reports, and your team. Join Dr. Relly Nadler every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern to the Leaders Playbook on the Voice America Business Channel. Your success, your success could depend on it. Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. Tune in to A Current Life to hear about the journey to success, how our guests became the people they are today, and the highs and lows they experienced along the way. Each hour will leave you inspired and entertained as Jimmy gets up close and personal with every week's guest and shares ideas you can identify with and apply to your own life. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at blurealtygroup.com. Now, back to the show. Okay, guys, we're back. Um, I'm here with Niall Lundgren and Deborah Hoffman, and we're talking about staging our topic for the week. So, guys, you know, Deborah, I think you alluded to this earlier. Um, get the windows clean. How important is that? I, it, big beef with me when you look out windows and you can't really see too much. Yeah, I agree. It is. I think it's more important than painting. If people can't see the light coming in, as a matter of fact, I had an open house yesterday, first open house, first day on the market. Even though I to clean the windows, the problem is they are repointing the building, which yeah. for people who don't know what that is, they're changing out the mortar and the bricks so the scaffolding is up and there's so much dirt just flying around the building is not allowing uh window washing until this is finished so when people came to the window a lot of them actually said well how much light does this get even though the light was streaming in yeah it's it's very interesting because we all know as we show apartments the first thing that a buyer does when they walk in to an apartment is walk over to the windows it's quite a phenomenon editing your kitchen you know you walk in sometimes and you see, you know, breakfast plates or, or lunch plates, you know, just strewn all over the place, filled sinks. How important is it to keep the kitchen, what I call, edited for show purposes? Well, it's incredibly important. I explain to people that, first of all, I give all my sellers 24 hours notice. Someone could be sick that day. I don't just pop in on them if someone's living there. And I explain to them that you're having guests over. These people coming into your home are going to be guests. Do you want them to see your breakfast dishes, your towels on the floor in the bathroom from your morning shower? So think about it. And depending on who the seller is, many times I will show up early knowing they're not going to listen to me and do a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit of house cleaning. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how does renovations differ from staging? Niall, do you, do you get involved with many apartments that are, you know, renovated before they go on the marketplace or have just completed renovation? How is that, uh, how does that make a difference? 
Yeah, I, I think it, it makes a difference in, in who your buyer is because, um, you know, if you get a recently renovated one, you know, you get some buyers, a lot of times it's international buyers coming in, they want turnkey properties. But then again, you get the more, some of the younger folks who say, look, this is more of a, a value if I buy this now and in the next one, two years, maybe I, I make a renovation to it so that, you know, I'm adding value. And then when, I, when I'm looking to resale in five to seven years, that I, I can realize more value uh, through making the renovation. So I think the profile of the buyer has a, has a big impact on um, the state of the renovations that, uh, for the apartment that you're listing. I agree. So let, let's go back to the beginning when you um, first get a call for, you know, a listing appointment and you your presentation together, you arrive with your comps and, and you know, your, your pitch package, et cetera, and you walk into a situation, and we've discussed this, you know, throughout this morning, either it needs to be decluttered or it needs to be staged because it's empty, whatever. What, what kind of, you know, what kind of dialogue do you have with the sellers as you walk in? Um, discussion of goals and expectations of the sellers. Where do you begin with these guys? Because sometimes, as I said earlier, it's it's easy to do. They're very receptive, and sometimes it isn't. Um, I like to walk through the apartment, you know, with my set of eyes, pointing out what I think is uh, an issue and pointing out some things that I think are great. How do you guys proceed with that? I agree with you, Vince. I think I think it's really important, and you kind of have to. You know, really assess, and you have to be aware when you first walk into a listing appointment um, about who you're dealing with. And, you know, I try to always kind of point out the negatives first, but in a polite way, um, so that they understand. Because a lot of times, sellers are very emotional about their properties, and um, they, they, they let that cloud their judgment. So if you just kind of go in there with a, with a fresh perspective and say, you know, hey, I, I appreciate the renovated kitchen, but let's let's take into consideration this view um, or the profile of the buyer, where uh, you know they might want you know a certain um, level of uh, you know hardwood floors versus you know floors that need to be ripped up, and you know being able to point those those issues out, water leaks or looking at the ceiling, looking at the stuff that they might not notice right off the bat, and then pointing it out because you know you got to kind of walk in there with the eyes of a buyer. And buyers nowadays are very savvy. So, you know, especially with, you know, Street Easy and the internet, they can get out there and they can see, um, and they can get so much information. So being able to walk in there with that, you know, fresh perspective and that fresh set of eyes is really important um, to communicate and convey to the seller. Now, again, it might not always work out. Um, So you have to assess who you're dealing with, and then, you know, politely dance around the issue until you're able to effectively communicate and, and demonstrate to them where you think the pros and the cons of the apartment are. Yeah, and, you know, thinning out furniture is one of my uh, uh, things when I'm in an apartment, and oftentimes it's a struggle because, you know, for example, I walked into an Upper West Side um, pre-war one-bedroom, I'm sorry, two-bedroom a couple of months back and took a listing, but I walked into the living room, and although everything was neat, and sort of organized. They had three large sofas in the living room and, you know, it just went on from there. So I'm looking at this thinking, well, all right, so a lot of this has to go mainly two sofas. How do I tell these people this? So as you just said, now you kind of find a polite way to get around it. And then of course the objection is, well, if you're asking me to get rid of the furniture or thinning it out, where do I put it? I don't have a storage room. What do you say to that? Well, sometimes you have to say, well, you're moving. Where are you going to put it where you move? Are mm-hmm. you downsizing? 
in that case, you're going to have to get rid of something anyway. Let's do it now. If you're not downsizing, are you going to be redecorating? Are you giving it to a child? Are you giving it to a neighbor? Now's the time to do it as opposed to later. And most of the time they get that. They they do, and I've often recommended that they go to a, a Manhattan mini storage, for example, and you know take a smaller room because you don't need a large uh, size place, but to declutter. And I think you know once, in fact, in this particular case, we called in someone to uh, declutter and help us remove a few things. And when the sellers came back, you know, two days later to look at what we had done. They were surprised. They were shocked. And I think the the wife said to me at one point, wow, it's, 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 it looks so great. We want to probably just stay here. I said, no, 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 you can't do that. <laughs> but it was – it really, really looked terrific. But I think, you know, what's really important here is always the expectations of the sellers. Um, and, and if we set that up correctly and we can, you know, get our points across, obviously it helps with the sales. I mean there's a statistic um, – where did it go? That said something about um, – show that more now greater than 90% of buyers search online for listings so you need you need that wow factor when they're looking and i think you both touched on it you know with photographs and with floor plans when you have a wow listing on the, on the, on the internet and people are looking at it they're more inclined to come through and this is what i tell sellers all the time who sort of hesitate and not wanting to do um, the uh, cleanup or or the actual staging Renovations. We talked about renovations. Um, how when when you're working with buyers, okay, and you're looking at apartments, and they look at places and they say, well, you know, this kitchen needs to be gutted or this bathroom needs to be gutted. How do you how do you work with people who want the apartment but are sort of hesitant to want to renovate? A because maybe it's too expensive. B because maybe they haven't a clue where to begin. Or C all of the above. What, Niall, how do you how do you address? On the buy side, when you know you're out there with buyers wanting to buy something that really needs a renovation or a gut renovation, yeah, and I think the the main thing is just assessing where where they're coming from and really just just asking thoughtful questions that help you understand um, what what their needs are. Is it an immediate need, or can that need you know go on for you know one or two years until you're, you're you get that you know pay increase? so that you're able to do that or pull out a loan to make that 100K renovation um, in, in, your, in your kitchen. So it, it really depends, and, it, and I think the biggest thing from being, you know, representing, um, you know, buyers on the buy side is just is getting a, a real um, thoughtful understanding of where they're coming from because a lot of times they could just be saying that, but it might not be a deal breaker. They're just trying to find issues with the apartment, they might love the space, everything could be great, but they're hung up on the kitchen. And then you really, you know, dig down into it, and then they're like, yeah, well, hey, yeah, come to think of it, we actually don't even really cook that much, so it doesn't really matter. We're always on seamless web, for example. So um, it, it, really just, it really just comes down to just asking um, thoughtful questions to your buyers and really understanding what's driving them from a thought process standpoint. Yeah, and it's interesting when you're selling new development. I was uh, recently took somebody to uh, see a new development, and of course everything is brand new. And uh, the comment back was, "Well, I don't like the kitchen. Do you think I'm going to be able to renovate it?" And you know, just as you said, I mean, listen, it's not an immediate need. You can certainly move into this place. It is brand new. It does look great. If you don't like it, of course you could renovate it. You can change it. You can update it. You can do whatever you want with it, but you have to buy it first. So I thought that was kind of interesting. 
you know, and again, you know, whether they're ordering from Seamless Web and they're just not cooking, or you know, some people store you know clothes in, in the oven and in, in, in the cupboards, but uh, everybody has a visual, and if they don't like what it looks like, then they're going to do something about it. Guys, thank you very much. Um, we're going to go to break in a bit. I want to say um, thank you for joining us again this week. Kathy Hobbs is going to join us right after this, so please uh, stay tuned if you'd like. I'd like to make one announcement. I talked about this last week. Uh, the Real Deal and Luxury Listing New York City will hold their new development showcase uh, on May 15th. The event will be held at the Altman Building in Chelsea, and it is open to the general public as well as real estate brokers, develop- developers, and architects. So please uh, attend that if you can. We're going to go to break, uh, and we'll be back right after this. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Put Blue Realty Group to work for you. Blue Realty Group is a full-service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan. With our global reach, unrivaled marketing capabilities, and veteran team, Blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high-profile buyers and sellers. Visit us today at BlueRealtyGroup.com. At Blue Realty Group, we feel that people matter and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready now. Visit BlueRealtyGroup.com. That's B-L-U-RealtyGroup.com. Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves. However, we'll also discuss what's going on closer to home. And most importantly, we'll let you know what can be done in our own backyards by featuring guest experts and featuring your questions and answers. Listen every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Save on your prescriptions with the RX Savings Plus drug discount card offered by Voice America. It is not insurance, and discounts are only available from participating pharmacies. But 9 out of 10 pharmacies participate nationwide. Start saving today. Print your free card online at voiceamerica.rxsavingsplus.com or text the word Talk Radio to 96362. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's V Rocco at BLU Realty Now, back to the show. Hey, we're back, everybody. Um, as I said at the top of the show, my featured guest today is Kathy Hobbs. She is a five time Emmy Award winning television personality and the founder and creator of Kathy Hobbs Design Recipes. She was a finalist on season six of HGTV's hit reality series Design Star. She is currently hosting Design Recipes on the PIX Morning News which airs the last Thursday of every month at 8.45 a.m. We're going to talk a lot to Kathy. Kathy, thank you so much for joining us, and good morning. Good morning, Vince. My pleasure. So how are you? 
I am awesome. I am really awesome. I think this is going to be a great spring summer for real estate, for design, and I'm very excited. I agree. The market has been obviously very hot, and it seems to be going, you know, in, in only one direction, and that's getting hotter. But, you know, before we get into uh, that, you have such a, a storied and winning background, successful career. Uh, I remember first becoming aware of who you were from TV news. Can you give us and in, in the listening audience a background on on this very successful career of yours? Where did you start here in New York and why? Well, I started in New York in 1997 at WPIX and spent the majority of a 20-year television career at WPIX Channel 11. I was there from 1997 to 2009, but I started um, in college. Okay. My senior year at the University of Southern California, news director at the NBC affiliate in Bakersfield, hired me. So I was actually on the air as a senior in college. And as, a, as a field worked, reporter? As a field reporter. I, I was a weekend field reporter. I would go to school during the week, and then I would drive the 90-minute drive from Los Angeles to Bakersfield, and I was on the air um, at, essentially at the age of 21. And from there, I went to Columbia, South Carolina, Nashville, uh, then worked at NBC in Washington, D.C. at the O&O there, and then in 1997 was hired by WPIX, and so uh, and I spent 12 years there. So I was a TV reporter for 19 and a half years. Very typical progression, you know, starting, as they say, out of town and then, you know, migrating or moving into the, the bigger markets in New York. So you were you were at PIX for 19 years? No, I was at WPIX for 12 years. 12 I was years. A reporter, I was a reporter for 19 and a half years. Gotcha. So basically spent the majority of, you know, my 20-year career at WPIX. But as they say, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. So <laughs> This is very true. So – Listen, you know, TV news for you was very rewarding. Why did you decide to leave a very lucrative career and move on to your next career? Well, the bottom line is in, in television news, there's a, there is going to be a finish line at, at some point, whether it's when you're 40, 50, 60, for some people when they're 30, um, there's only two ways that it's ever going to end. Either you leave or you're asked to leave. And I had in my television career replaced three people who were fired, who were told, today's your last day, pack your desk, and you're out. And I was their replacement. So I always wanted a plan B. Uh, I always wanted something that I could seamlessly cross into if that were to, you know, ever happen to me. The way it happened was, um, essentially, I had a hobby, which was design. And when I got to WPIX, as I had for my entire career, I worked nights. So I would go to the Fashion Institute of Technology during the day, and then I would cover, as I say, fires and shoot them up at night. And it took me seven years to finish. I never took a semester off. I was basically there for 11 semesters, taking a class here, a class there. And then it ended with a degree and someone hiring me to do their, their bathroom and kitchen. And when I left WPIX, it was, it was not to just do interior design. I had the opportunity to host, own, um, and create my own show, which was called Metro Residential, which aired on Sunday mornings. And essentially, I produced it, co-owned it with uh, 
uh, mortgage guru who's now the president at, at town, um, Jeff Appel, and we essentially were giving our own show. So that's why I left, was the opportunity that I thought was a great opportunity, unprecedented at the time, was to host my own, my own television show at the same station. I, re I remember that show, and it was actually very well done. We talked about that many times. But let's roll back just a little bit to, you know, your five-time Emmy Award-winning um, stature. What were those awards for? They were for mostly long-format, in-depth reports that I simply loved doing. I think some of the most rewarding times that I ever had in my career was stepping back from, you know, the daily running gun exploring a topic for four months and then airing a long-form story, which tended to be five, six minutes. Uh, my very first Emmy was for a story that I did when I was working at NBC in Washington. We had profiled three young men who were in high school. Um, they had been friends since childhood. And in high school, two of them had developed cancer, and one of them died in the course of us profiling them for an entire year. Uh, some of the other Emmys were for spot news, but I'd say the majority of them were for some of those long format pieces. And I think my biggest um, achievement that I'm most proud of was that in 2005, I won the Emmy for Outstanding General Assignment and Live Reporter for the entire region. And uh, that was that was very, very um, rewarding and satisfying to win that particular award. I'll say. So you founded your company in 2003, and obviously um, you had a plan B, as you described earlier. <clears throat> what What are some of the basic, you know, guidelines for staging an apartment that you, you know, talk to people about? Because as I was just talking to a panel of brokers, it can be a hot button with sellers. Either they agree to it, they don't agree to it. It's too expensive. They don't understand the, the value, etc. What, what What do you describe as the basic guidelines for staging an apartment? And should you try and keep these things as neutral as possible when you're in there? What I think is the biggest hurdle to overcome is for people to realize that staging is not interior design. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not a luxury. It's a necessity. Interior design is a, is, is a luxury. It's something that you don't have to have. But to me, home staging is a necessity. You are going to be presenting your biggest asset to market, and you need that presentation to be as strong as possible. I've often asked people, if you were to sell your car, would you sell it as is? Would you sell it without washing it, without repairing a broken headline, without getting a detail? Of course not. Of course not. I would absolutely wash my car. I would make sure that it looked as, as best as, you know, in its best light as possible. Well, why would you not do that with your home? So when it comes to home staging, I think it's a key marketing tool that anyone um, needs to use in every single application. I, I have agents who always stage properties. It's just a standard as taking photographs. It's part, of the, it's part of the marketing package. Some of the essentials, I would say, is absolutely a neutral palette. You have to remove personal photographs, personal mementos, um, anything that is really personalized to the owner. A potential buyer coming in should not know someone's race, religion, uh, political views, sexual orientation, um, even musical preferences. They should not know anything. It should basically be a neutral palette 
uh, for that potential buyer. I agree. Listen, we have uh, about 30 seconds to commercial. I want to come back and talk to you about your credentials. And also, you seem to be the only green home stager in New York City. I need you to explain to me what that is. We're going to go to break, and we'll come back right after this. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. You'll learn about forensics, ancient civilizations, and human origins. Listen to Dr. Schuldenrein and colleagues discuss their excavations and related archaeological topics, ranging from the unique to the sublime, and yes, even the mundane. Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology, live Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. Put Blue Realty Group to work for you. Blue Realty Group is a full-service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan. With our global reach, unrivaled marketing capabilities, and veteran team, Blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high-profile buyers and sellers. Visit us today at BlueRealtyGroup.com. At Blue Realty Group, we feel that people matter and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready now. Visit BlueRealtyGroup.com. That's B-L-U-RealtyGroup.com. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at blurealtygroup.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. I'm here with Kathy Hobbs, uh, and we're talking about staging and the differences between staging and interior design. Kathy, you are very credentialed in your profession, and um, I read that you're also one of the only green home stagers in New York City. Can you explain to us what being credentialed in green and sustainable design is? Well, essentially, I am part of a small group of designers and architects that have the lead AP credential, which is something that um, is earned through the U.S. Green Buildings Council you have to take a very rigorous exam. Um, most of the people who are lead APs are architects, uh, interior designers. I, because I have a, a whole staging business, of course, that, that blends into that part of the business as well. And I don't know any other home stagers in the city who are ASID interior designers or lead APs. Uh, so what that means is that I have a level of expertise to bring um, sustainability to a project. Typically, that means, quite honestly, new construction. If a developer is looking to earn 
uh, lead, silver, platinum, gold, those types of things, they need a certain number of lead APs on the project. And so that's really when that would come into play. Gotcha. You have a team and a full line of design services, you know, for example, home staging, new developments uh, where you and I actually met the first time, uh, video marketing, virtual staging, interior design, green design, as we just talked about. How do you handle all of this uh, in, in any, you know, one day uh, time-wise? I mean, this, it's a very full plate of offerings. Do you have a team? I have a team of about five um, people who have various levels of expertise. So when we do interior design projects, it's a whole different team that will work on um, the working drawings. These are people who have been to design school, um, have credentials in the design field. When we do stagings and home staging, I have a different group that's, quite frankly, more skilled towards um, visual design. We have a, a team of stylists, people who have worked in film and television, and to bring that level of expertise. So we're able to do a large number of projects. We recently expanded into Connecticut, Massachusetts, um, Rhode Island. And my, my goal, of course, is to, is to remain a dominant company here in uh, the tri-state area. And so we keep expanding because we keep getting clients who are in need of our services. How has the real estate community embraced your services, and um, do they obviously uh, see you know, major improvements in their sales as a result of what you provide or bring to the table from a staging perspective? I think that your best uh, affirmation that you're doing a good job is when someone refers you to someone else. And I'm all, I go into properties sometimes, and I'm not a miracle worker. And I say, wow, you know, can I, you know, we'll give this, you know, a good, a good college try. I mean, we're going to do the, the best job we can. And I'm always pleasantly surprised when I get the email a week, 10 days later, hey, we have a full price offer. And this happens to us all the time where we have properties that have been on the market 70 days, um, a year. We had recently a, a project in Soho where the, they had been on the market for a year, uh, and we came in and I sold it in a week. I and saw another one on your website that you that was on the uh, market for like six months without selling. You staged it and it was gone in like two weeks. That's that's something. And I think that that I think that that for me comes from television in the sense that really having an eye for the visuals, I can. I could really pull a story together and really weave a great story together quickly. And that was kind of my forte with, with television, um, that I could do it and I could do it very well. And I think that that same skill set has translated over into my home staging and design work, that I can walk into a space and, and very quickly um, see what's wrong with it and come up with a solution to make it right. Um, that's beautiful, cohesive, and comes together. And, I, and that's something that you really can't teach in design school. I think that, you know, I always wondered when, we talk, when I talked about this plan B, what other skills do I have? Like what other skills could I, could I really possess to try to, to, try to earn a living if, if I ever didn't want to do television? And I'm, I feel very fortunate that I was able to identify it early on and, and find a, a, a second niche that I could do well. 
It's interesting how you how you refer to it as storytelling or storyboarding, you know, in in the television business, because it is very creative. You're absolutely correct there. How on uh, you know along those lines, how do you work with clients or even brokers who have a differing opinion, and you know, you really have to sell them hard on what you believe is the right way to go. You know, that happens that that happens all the time. I think at the end of the day, and I and I have had to just say, you got to trust me. People are hiring a professional. You, you may not like that. It's like a doctor. You may not like the diagnosis, but you have come to a professional for their professional opinion. I basically push, and then I and then I and then I stand back. This is my recommendation. This is what I suggest as 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 the best marketing approach for your property. You don't have to do anything that I've suggested, and then, quite frankly, they end up doing everything. And I, in, in, when we talk about an occupied property, I go in, I identify, we put stickers on everything, and I say, whatever doesn't have a sticker, I'd like removed. And I've had clients take the stickers off and move it around the space, and then I go back and I say, I really would like that to be removed. Again, they, at the end of the day, it's just like it's trusting an agent to sell your property. They have hired a professional. They know my they know my track record. They know my work, and there has to be a certain level of trust. And the clients trust in the process. Anyone who hires home stage or hires our company, they're they are entrusting that I know what I'm doing, and they are and that my professional opinion will help sell their property. Let's talk a little bit about. Um the reality uh, series Design Star on HGTV. You were a finalist in season six. What was that experience like? Oh, that was that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was, you know, this was a great experience. It was a chance of a lifetime. Seven thousand people auditioned. They cast twelve people. I was one of the twelve. Uh, it was uh, being picked up in a car one day and vanishing, and your family has no idea where you are, and you are. Um, basically the property of HGTV and you're on a reality show until you get kicked off. And um, But for me, it was a challenge like I'd never been challenged before. I mean, these are um, time challenges. You're up against incredibly talented people. Uh, for me, it has been a wonderful opportunity to really expand my brand on a national level and uh, open doors I wouldn't have had, um, wouldn't have had opened. And, and giving me opportunities I would not have normally had. These days, um, being on a reality show, being in, on a national platform um, in this way is, um, is a great way to, ex- to get exposure and for people to expand brands. And so that's one of the reasons why it, it has been a great opportunity for me. And now you're back on television, which makes me happy, doing design recipes on the morning news for PIX. <clears throat> yes, Excuse me. I have. I have come home. I am doing a monthly series. It's a design and real estate series uh, on WPIX, and we have a great panel of experts. Um, We have uh, the Braha uh, team over at Keller Williams. We have Zakana, uh, which is a wonderful tile and bath company based on Long Island. We have Brian Scott Cohen of Wells Fargo. Um, home mortgage, Andrew Harrington of Manhattan Renovations, and every month we come together and we, we give great design tips. And um, I appear live on the morning show. How long uh, How long of a segment is it? Is it like 10, 15 minutes? 
No, it's actually uh, about three minutes, and okay. then all of these segments um, live on the website, which is pix11.com slash design recipes. And then we're updating ideas daily through our blog. We run contests, and um, it's a great way for design enthusiasts, real estate people to engage with, with these experts and myself. Gotcha. Listen, I want to ask you something. I mean, you, you referred to it earlier, you know, with depersonalizing uh, apartments when you're, when you're decluttering, when you're staging, whatever. But do you think it's okay to show personality in staging of an apartment, uh, the owner's personality, someone's personality, because you want to walk in and feel warm and at home or just comfortable? Then how do you do that? Well, I think that we're talking about, in some ways, two different things. I do think that someone should come into a, a property and, and, and have that um, emotional trigger that most buyers need to have in order to, to, to buy a property. For most buyers, uh, buying real estate is an emotional um, transaction, and they need to have that psychological trigger in which they say, this is it. This is, this is where I want to live. I do not think that a property needs to reflect the personality of the seller. At the end of the day, we're selling the space, not the stuff. We want people to come in and, and embrace the space, to know how spacious it is, luxurious, those types of things. We don't want distractions um, that can perhaps um, prevent that from taking place. So I, I do not feel that a property should, have, should reflect the personality of the seller. I think that a property should reflect the personality of the property. Gotcha. The property is the property is the star. The space is the star, and that's what's going to sell. You're right. What is uh, with this new volume metrics uh, in staging? I've heard this term recently, and I wasn't quite sure what that was about. You know what, Vince? When I was reporting, and I didn't know something, I never pretended that I did, and you have stumped me. <laughs> I know it has something you to do with. Space, light, and, and spatial dynamics making apartments look bigger. But I, I'm kind of like, is this virtual staging? I, I'm not quite sure what that's about. And you by the have, way, how do you how do you feel about virtual staging? You know, I am not um, a proponent of virtual staging. I think that nothing beats um, someone actually walking in and seeing a space. I um, have had to incorporate it reluctantly into my services, where we have a team that can do renderings and things like that. Um, only because it has been, and there have been instances where I have lost business to to virtual staging. That someone has decided to use virtual staging instead. I think it's a letdown for buyers to walk in and um, and see an empty space when they have seen something different uh, online. I think nothing beats actually uh, seeing how furniture specifically uh, will work in a space. I think virtual staging can lend itself to all kinds of, you know, issues with misrepresentations and whatever. I'm not a big fan of it either. Kathy, you know, we got to go soon, but let me ask you, what? so what's next for you? I mean, you, you have been involved in so many things and so many things successfully. You continue to reinvent and you continue the success. What's next? What's next is um, a great uh, phase that I'm really excited about, which will go into branded products. We have um, a paint line currently um, through Mythic Paint, and I uh, have recently um, signed a deal in which I will be coming out with a line of home products 
And that's really where I'd like to continue to grow the brand, coming out with a line of um, furniture, fabrics, rugs, lamps, um, items for the home that will be affordable. Uh, this, will be a, this will be approachable design, but very uh, timeless and luxurious as well. Uh, that basically is my philosophy, that I don't believe that great design has to be expensive. And I want all of my designs to be approachable, and I want to be able to sell them to um, the masses. I want everyone to be able to afford great design. Well, I have no doubt that you're going to do just that. We do have to stop there. I want to say thank you. I'll be talking to you very soon, and enjoy the rest of your week. You too. Thank you so much for having me. It has been a pleasure. Thank you, Kathy. All right, guys, on the program next week, we will be uh, discussing new condo developments in New York City. Don't miss that. I'll be talking to a developer and also the head of uh, new development sales for one of the larger real estate firms here in Manhattan, and a top broker who has years of selling new condos in Manhattan. I've done that myself for years, and we're going to talk all about that. That's it for today. Thank you for joining me. I'm here with you every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific Time, live on the Variety Channel here on Voice America. You can always catch the show later in the day or anytime on our website, voiceamerica.com. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones.